0: Welcome to DTCWTF, the podcast that delves into the biggest mistakes successful e-com founders have ever made and the lessons they learned along the way. Unlike other startup podcasts, we resent revisionist history and never shy away from the blunders, the mishaps, and the acts of God that nearly destroy a company. Welcome one and all to another episode of DTCWTF. I am the guru of failures, your host, Jake Sukhoff. Uh, and I am very excited for our talk today. Uh, it's with Monica She is the founder and chief menstruator at Morea, which is a hell of a title to have. Uh, and we're going to talk all about this uh, Femcare company and, uh, and her experiences as being a founder, as being a leader, uh, and as being somebody who fails and succeeds and pushes forward. So with that, Monica, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Jake. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with our first question. Two days ago, you tweeted, I feel like quitting, that's the tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Talk, to me. Talk to me about
1: this. <laughs> um, I think anyone who has been an entrepreneur can probably relate. And I've very much committed myself to sharing the good and the bad of my journey because I think that's important Um, and this week wasn't my week. Uh, We've been struggling with some inventory issues and kind of getting into a phase of my business where um, managing cash flow is getting more challenging Mm. and we've gotten this really great momentum, but now all of a sudden we don't have any inventory. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's all kind of come down on me and has made me feel like I'm the one failing. Um, When, you know, running out of inventory at the end of the day is like the problem you want to be solving for. It's a good problem to have, but you can't help as a founder feeling super, responsible for it and feeling like you probably could have done a better job at predicting that outcome
0: i think that you're right it does feel feel like a, a good a good problem to have people would say but of course it's not it's a problem you're not meeting customer expectations and for somebody like yourself who i know is extremely focused on community which we will touch on later in the show i'm sure it it must be hard, it's not. It's never good. There's no, there's no good problems to have if your customer is not getting the best experience and it leads them to churn or to reach out to you upset, that's a problem, it's not a good problem. It means you're selling, of course, but it's still a problem.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the biggest hardship on me is that I, I really personally understand this problem that I'm solving for my customers, it is my problem. And our product is most efficacious when taken consistently. And to be the reason that someone can't be consistent with the product that is creating life-changing differences for them, that like falls really hard on me because I can't imagine if someone told me, I'm sorry, I can't give you what you need this month even though you've been getting these amazing results, um, mm-hmm. so it, it almost like breaks my heart for my customers, and I'm like, gosh, I don't want to be the one to break the news to them about this, but I have to.
0: That's a real kick to the gut. Let's let's take a moment to Tarantino this and and go to the beginning of the story. Tell me about Maria. What is what is it? What are the products that you that you've built?
1: Yeah. So at Maria, we're on a mission to empower women to take charge of their menstrual health and wellness through nutrition and lifestyle changes. Um, It was built because I personally had really bad PMS. Um, I was experiencing 17 years of extreme mood swings, what I thought was depression, being bipolar, um, all of the things that can come along with having a period and having hormone imbalance. Um, and was given awful solutions my entire life, things like antidepressants, things like consistently switching birth controls and started to realize that, okay, maybe birth control isn't going to solve my problems because it's not being used for a conception purpose when it's Mm. being used to solve a symptom that it wasn't made for. That seems a little hairy to me. Um, in the process of healing myself and trying to find a solution that worked for me, I got recommended a group of supplements and supporting my nutrition with supplementation. um, And it created life-changing results for me. It was like drastically, drastically different when I was being consistent with supplements. And of course, I think anyone would then be curious of why is this helping me? Can this help other people? Like, is there this blank space that just isn't being explored? And so I dug into it um, and lo and behold, there is science behind nutrition and hormones um, and knew at that point that, you know, I needed to help and share this with other women who were experiencing those same symptoms and experiencing those same things that I was. There was no community, there was no period TikTok when I was 25 um, and, and I was like, all right, this is my calling, you know. I was waiting for that moment when I was going to be like, "This is my thing," and it just so happened that uh, nutrition for periods is my thing.
0: <laughs> is uh, is period TikTok an actual thing, or is that a joke?
1: No, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, I, there's. I think I think you can probably find just about any niche on TikTok these days, but there's definitely. An educational portal in TikTok that is period TikTok.
0: <laughs> That's wild. Do you feel like maybe you're alienating men with this product?
1: Um. Well, I will correct myself in saying that not only women menstruate, um, there is. Fair correction. Know, Thank you. Men- you menstruate. Me that, men- that
0: was an absolute joke, by the way. I, <laughs> I did not mean that sincerely.
1: But I will say also that for men who people who identify as as male and don't menstruate. um, You know, we went through a lot of pitching and in deciding if we were going to take on investment. Um, We've obviously shared this with a lot of men and men actually get it because men are directly related some way in their life to a menstruator, whether it be their mom, their sister, their wife, whatever. So more than I think tampons, they understand this product. (laughs)
0: 100%. And I hope that joke wasn't in poor taste to anybody who's listening. I I am sensitive to the world and I'm a loving and and accepting human being. So please don't cancel me. Um, (laughs) You know, it's interesting you just said that because I have just gone through seeing my wife go through pregnancy and give birth just a few months ago and it was absolutely shocking to me how little she had known, I mean, of course, I knew that I knew nothing. But it was shocking that even she, when trying to get pregnant, we had no idea that you needed to be ovulating to get pregnant. And you feel like that's something that we should know. Half of the world is going through this. It is literally life, the basis for life. Women need to get pregnant and give birth. Um, and so um, it is shocking to me how, um, how little education there is in general for women about their biology. And I'm sure that you've seen tons of this. I mean, it's in your mission statement is providing education for women for this. So, I mean, how, can we talk about that a little bit? How has society really let women down in terms of providing care for them?
1: Yeah, first, congrats on the new addition to your family. Thank you. And yeah, I, I was right there with you. You know, I was someone who menstruated and was told from before I even got my first period that it was something you didn't talk about. You're gonna get this thing, here's what you're gonna do to deal with it. And other than that, if there are symptoms or if it's uncomfortable, like don't talk about it, just like find a way to like push it under the rug, sweep it under the rug, whatever that saying is, and um, ignore that it's happening. And that's exactly what we're trying to change is that there shouldn't be a stigma around having a period. The the fact that women menstruate is why there's human life Mm -hmm. um, and why we're able to like create life. Um, And so it should really be celebrated. And if there is something that is not going right with that process we should talk about it and you shouldn't just deal with it internally. You should seek help and find ways to support yourself so that you can get things back on track. Um, And I think in today's world, you know, there's obviously this big culture right now around change and around talking about taboo topics. And I think we're you know, turning the corner for the better, but it's still on all of us to continue to have the conversations and get uncomfortable so that it can become comfortable.
0: I know it's pretty common for people who are giving advice to aspiring founders and founders that they should pursue something that is meaningful to them and something that really drives them. And obviously, you've experienced this, not just, of course having periods and going going through uh, puberty, uh, but also having, you know, uh, uh, issues with it and, and having to seek out alternative means of relief and then discovering it and understanding that the rest of the world needs to experience this as well in the way that you have. Um, do you think that that has made you a better founder, or do you think it's maybe made you... Um, I don't know. I guess let's just stick with that. How is that how has that affected you as a founder?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I guess when you're when you're solving your own problem and and searching for deeper reasoning, um, maybe that's leads you into being a founder because you're a problem solver. Um, and you're introspective and in trying to get curious. Um, and a lot of that is what you have to do every day. Like, do I know how to run every part of my business? Definitely not. My background's in marketing. So I know, you know, a good portion of it. Cause a lot of online selling is marketing, but there's a lot of things that you have to have to be uncomfortable doing and learning. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it probably has played a deeper role, but it's maybe also just. The type of person you have to be to, to be a founder, right? You hear from a lot of founders that they're solving their own problem and it, it took a winding road for them to to find what that was. And building a business is on that same winding road. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Let's, uh, let's go back to your big WTF moment because it's obviously not just one singular moment. It's something that you're dealing with on an ongoing basis. So let's um, Let's go back, tell me about the point where you realized that this is an issue, you don't have the inventory to fulfill enough orders.
1: I think a lot of people who have been in this situation can probably relate that it happens faster than you can even keep up with. Um, I definitely went from a place of, okay, we have this inventory, I need to find a way to sell it. which was, you know, we launched and you have to get in front of people. How do we get more eyeballs? How do we get more web traffic? And then all of a sudden, something takes off. Um, For us, it was a couple of TikToks. It was an Instagram reel. And then you're like, well, shoot. (laughs) Uh, I've gone from being like, every single day, how do I get more eyeballs to how do I slow this down so that I can continue to fulfill what I've promised? Um, so, I, I like it was a very fast switch almost overnight, I would say. You know, within a week time, I'm realizing, oh, wow, we went from having pallets at our 3PL to having a pallet at our 3PL. Um, and we're technically we're not out of inventory yet. We have made some strategic moves to try to continue to fill subscribers, um, orders while we go through the, the supply chain process. But you, I think the, the biggest lesson for me in all this has been that I waited too long to start thinking about inventory. Um, I was thinking only about selling, 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 um, and wasn't looking, you know, even on a weekly basis at our inventory levels, and so I I wasn't kind of creating these circumstances in my brain of when should we place our next order.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I imagine it's extremely disorienting to go from extreme growth at all costs to, oh my God, how do I slow this down to prevent people from getting extremely angry? (laughs)
1: Yeah, very challenging. Um, and there's still the unknown on the other side of this is how it's going to f- like affect the momentum. And I think that's what I'm most scared about is we had a couple of months of really great momentum. Um, and this is still our first year of, of being a company. And so it's wow. like, OK, momentum is awesome. Um, but now I'm terrified that it's going to go away because of a shortage.
0: Yeah, especially when you're in such a competitive space. I mean, there likely aren't many other products that are exactly what you're doing. It's it's quite unique, but I would say everything is a competition for attention at this point, point. and so the minute you lose somebody's attention, you've caught lightning in a bottle. You really don't want to lose that for sure.
1: Yeah, um and there was there was a moment there too where we paused like the focus was no longer on creating content and making sure that we were being consistent on our channels. Um, it was a scramble to place the PO, to work with our manufacturer um, and being, you know, a small team when, when the focus shifts, it's very apparent outwardly. Um, and so a lot of things dropped off and now we're trying to regain that so that when we have more product, we can, you know, fire up the engines again and keep things running. But we live and we learn.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's talk a bit about, you know, the role of the founder as a leader in terms of steering the ship when, when waters get a little choppy. Can you talk a little bit about what was it like communicating to your team that there was an issue and that you're going to have to change up strategy pretty quickly?
1: Yeah, that's actually an interesting question too, because um, this team is kind of what you're looking at. Um, we have some outsourced contractors, um, and that became challenging too, because it's like, okay, do we need someone to manage influencer outreach right now? No, because we don't have any product to ship. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, like those relationships need to be maintained for sure, but we're not we're not shipping. Um, marketing out all the time and so it's like a lot of relationships even internally got paused um and i i you just have to be brutally honest with like hey i screwed up the planning um we're not going to have inventory for about three months to be sending you know out these people and Here's, here's when I think that we will be ramping this back up. Um, I think it takes a lot of honesty and just maintaining that open communication with everyone of where you're going and what that means. Um, and, and for us as an outsource team, it was again, like heartbreaking, you know, you're telling someone who thought they had consistent work that like we need to put this relationship on pause for a minute.
0: Yeah, that's, that's rough it's really rough and I know that I mean obviously you feel you're putting a lot of this on yourself of course and I want to tell you that it's not you're steering the ship of course it's your baby it's your project but it's it's not really possible to predict when something you put out there is gonna go viral and increase the demand 10x and so I guess what I'm trying to say is trying to beat yourself up over it I mean the 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 fact that you have a message that's resonating with people and they want it so badly that they're beating down your door to get it is positive for sure. And you couldn't have predicted that this stuff was going to happen. So I get it. I get you feeling bad about it, but try not to.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, It's hard not to beat yourself up. And I'm learning that we need to celebrate the wins. And there's going to be a bottom on that roller coaster, too. So just remind myself that this, too, will pass.
0: <laughs> I know you're also reaching out to your customers who are having um, their routines paused. What's that been like?
1: Yeah, to us, um, it's really important that we have a strong, direct relationship with our customers. and thus far, it's been in a pretty non scalable way. um, But it's really benefited us meaning, you know, we see someone churn, they leave a reason why they're churning. Um, More often than not, I'll personally reach out and try to get to the bottom of the problem that they're having with the product, maybe it's too expensive. Maybe it is, um, you know, that they're not creating that habit um, and just ask them like, hey, how can I, how can I make this a better experience for you? We really take learning from our customers seriously. Um, And it's been crazy. Like the last month, over 50% of people sign up again after they've churned, just from having direct communication with us. Um, Some people are leaving because they're like entering a new life stage. Uh, Some women are trying to get pregnant and they need to go on a prenatal or they are pregnant and need to be in a prenatal. And, and that's good for us to know too. Right. Um, Our customer needs are changing. And so maybe we should be mindful of that for future product. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm like, that's something to celebrate. You, You had a healthy period that allowed you to conceive. And I send them a gift like straight up, I'm like, here's my favorite nutrition for pregnancy book. Congrats. I'm so pumped for you um, or like if they're just starting on their conception journey, there are a couple of like conception 101 books that I really like and I'll send them that. like it's important for me to know like hey you really matter in my life um, and I'm so excited to have been a part of your journey to having a healthy body.
0: That's so beautiful to hear honestly i think the prevalence in the consumer space and you're not really in the consumer space it's it's uh it's a health product i mean how do you define it what do you how do you talk about the product
1: technically supplements are a consumer packaged good yeah. okay um but yeah it's like a health and wellness consumer package yeah. if you will I think of
0: it as health and wellness no i yeah i i i would consider it a health and, and wellness product I think even for health and wellness products, for supplements, but especially for food and beverage, and especially for apparel and and jewelry and, and accessories, you see a lot of bad actors who are, and even, you see bad actors who are really just trying to make money and really don't give a shit at all about the end consumer and are just trying to make a buck, and you see other people who are just apathetic, they don't care you know it's not they're not trying to do something evil they're not trying to hurt people but they they just don't care and it's great to see somebody who has an actual you know connect not just a connection to the space but a, a will to do good to do well by doing good you know trying to of course build a company and achieve some amount of wealth but to do so by spreading health to people and to spreading education and to leave people better than they found them when the product came into their lives and so i commend you for that that's that's pretty cool
1: yeah i think that that's actually like kind of hits on one of my biggest fears launching this business is that i didn't want people to think that we were creating a quick fix product just to like make money or um target women who were desperate for relief um it wasn't you know that that was a fear because it's it's can look like that from the outside. You're targeting yeah. a a very vulnerable situation where women are desperate and needing help, um, and so I try to bring my experience with what they're experiencing to be very forward facing to our customers. I've been in your shoes, I've been there, um, and also always lead with education, especially with the products that we are providing. It's not a quick fix. And it's a piece of a larger puzzle. And that's why we say that we're a nutrition and lifestyle brand because at the end of the day, if you just take our supplement and you're not mindful of all of these other things that come into to play when it comes to your hormones, like, You might see some results, but it's like very, very important that you're also changing your mindset, changing your lifestyle and adopt, uh, like adopting the whole belief system. Um, And so we really launched into being, okay, we're an educational business that like provides supporting products.
0: And I think you prove yourself by putting that foot forward, by creating a community where you're not hiding behind the brand. you're reaching out to people directly to talk about the problems, to talk about your own problems with the you know the things that you're solving. And I think that will help dispel any feelings, at least from the consumer side, that you're trying to put one over on them. You know, when you're so open and transparent like you have been, um, and not just about the own challenges you've had, um with with you know with this issue in in your life but also like we've been talking about with failure with building a company as a founder the ups and the downs that's really endearing i'm sure that that really attracts people to you who otherwise might have you know passed on this i mean i hope so
1: we can only hope
0: (laughs) um talk to me about how you cope with failure obviously it's been uh, a tough little stretch for you. How are you doing? How are you feeling? And wh- are, are you doing anything to try to
1: keep your spirits up? Um, I would say I'm not like, I don't do well with it. Uh, and that's just being honest. Uh, but I there are a couple of things that I try to do and it all plays back into what I've learned even about my menstrual cycle, right? Like how can i alleviate stress from my life and what do i do when i'm up against a high stress situation or i'm feeling particularly anxious Um, and so i try to implement those things even when i'm feeling that in my business and those are things like stepping away for whether it be an afternoon, a day, not working on the weekends and setting some real boundaries for myself around my business. I think it's very easy as a founder who is also managing customer service and managing social channels and all of these things that you don't have boundaries, but I've tried to be very strict with them. Like I'm done for the day by six. Of course there are exceptions, but every day at six, I check in with myself and say, is this something I need to be doing right now? Or can I move on? Um, And this week in particular, you know, I didn't sit in front of my computer all day on Monday. I went for a trail run and just tried to breathe. Like, Mm. Brought my dog, looked at how much joy my dog like brings into the world and, and just was like, okay, you know, this is a blip on the radar. This is very small. It's going to pass. I can feel what I'm feeling right now, but I don't have to like sit around and grieve. So just small practices and I'm not always good at them. Sometimes I try to work through things and, you know, jam on work and it's, it's never beneficial. So I've just learned to kind of walk away.
0: (laughs) That's great self-awareness. It's, it really is. I think particularly what I thought you said was interesting was that it's okay to feel those negative feelings. And I think that that is so, so on the nose. People typically feel bad and then feel bad about feeling bad when it's perfectly normal and natural, especially when you're a founder and things are are stressful and they're not going the way that you want them to, and you're dealing with manufacturing issues and you're not able to fulfill the (laughs) orders that you have, and and you're upset. It's okay to be upset, and I think you said it perfectly. Except the one thing I would say is you can grieve a little bit. It's okay to grieve a little bit as long as you don't get sucked into a pit of despair and you never climb out of it. I think if you want to sit there and feel sorry for yourself, feel sorry for yourself for a minute. It's fine. It's okay. And then like you did acknowledge that it will pass and and that you're human and issues happen and what's important is that you get up and keep moving and do what you've done reach out to customers apologize tell them you know you're still in it for the long haul with them and you're going to try to make it up to them i think that's all you can do
1: yeah i think something that's really helped me too is when i'm in those grieving moments to sit down and actually write about what i'm feeling Hmm. um and I'm hopeful someday it'll just also be like quite interesting to look back on this roller coaster that truly is. One day I'm like, oh, like I'm failing, I'm going to quit. And the next day I'm like, I just had the best talk with a customer. Like, so to be able to write that down and then reflect on the ups and the downs throughout the year, throughout the week, whatever it is. Um, I always try to write down daily wins daily like i feel shitty about this and and just remember that emotions will be emotions recognize them and they will pass
0: totally what's your big guilty pleasure when you're just feeling like shit and you need to pick me up
1: uh making myself carbonara
0: (laughs) whoa that's a that's pretty in depth (laughs) legit carbonara
1: yeah like i'm I'm going um...
0: like get pancetta and like
1: i think I it's bac-
0: guancial, right
1: yeah I use bacon so like maybe okay. it's not legit but um I'm a big pasta fiend I will give anyone who needs permission to eat carbs permission um yeah love pasta and especially love carbonara so when I'm feeling down in the dumps it's a big old bowl of carbonara for me
0: <laughs> that's a good one I like that one carbonara is <laughs> up there for me it's up it's up there in... I'm that's a, it's, it's not a lunch meal. That's definitely a, that's like an early dinner meal for me. I'm gonna eat oh, that at 5 p.m. and then go to sleep at 6.
1: I don't know. I, I can uh, get down with some carbonara leftovers for lunch for sure.
0: <laughs> so, forgetting about carbonara for one second, I want to go back to uh, this, th- these challenges that you've been having with the uh, inventory. Are there, when you look back on what's happened, are there, are there any processes that you can see that you're going to try to build into your business to avoid having this happen again?
1: Yes. Um, we just built a much more robust kind of inventory planning, um, strategy and document that gets updated on a regular basis. And so building in that habit into my routine as a founder of, uh, staying more in tune with where we're at on an inventory basis, um, and, and building something that's easy to use and provides the data that we need on almost that weekly basis. Um, so we are, or we have built that, and it's been really helpful, you know, even planning like, okay, if things continue at the rate that they were two months ago, we're gonna have to reorder at this date, and already having those conversations with our manufacturer and our suppliers. Um, I think especially with this COVID backlash, if you will, of supply chain, it's more important than ever to be providing those projections um, to our suppliers and to our manufacturer and just making sure everyone's on the same page and really like a there's a team effort on, okay, we're going to make this not happen again.
0: <laughs> I think that's a really great takeaway and a great learning. I think that is the most important thing. You know, you you just got punched in the mouth and, you know, you're figuring out how to avoid that uh, bob and weave next time and and avoid that sock to the face. So that's uh that's good. I'm happy for you.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to feel like we have a little bit of a hold on it. Um even though it's there's still pain that's happening. Uh it there it's starting to heal. <laughs> <laughs> who do you usually
0: go to when, uh, when the shit hits the fan? Is there somebody in your life who's like your like rock or mentor or somebody who you typically turn to when things aren't going
1: well to get advice from? Uh, um, I mean, I have, I'm so grateful for the community that I've kind of built around myself via Twitter, honestly. Um, there's a handful of other founders that I meet with on a regular basis. Kind of monthly. There's four or five people that I just have a monthly call with. So those people, I know they understand. They're at a similar stage that I am in. Um, They've gone through it before. So definitely those people. And then my dad, my dad was an entrepreneur, not in the same space, but he gets it. He's banged his head against walls. And um, it's always really reassuring when he's like, you'll figure it out. Like, it always gets figured out, and just knowing that other people have been there is weirdly comforting.
0: Definitely. Well, if, if that's what it takes for you to feel better, I think you can, when it happens, you can definitely try to just internalize the spirits of entrepreneurs past, present, and future, because it happens to everybody it happens constantly i mean i literally see it so much that i started a podcast around it I mean, it's just like constant never ending streams of people going through just heartache and pain and so i mean you're not you're truly not alone i mean everybody who's who's ever tried to start a business and who's currently building a business is dealing with it
1: yeah it's been an interesting experience i I thought that I was more confident and um, I think I definitely moved into this founder role being like, Oh, I got this. If these people can do it, I can do this. And then you come up against these moments where you're like, Oh, it's definitely harder than it looks.
0: (laughs) I'm sure also because it's more varied than you'd expect. You know, you came from sales and marketing and thought, okay, all I have to do is sell this thing. Easy. I can go sell this thing. And you don't think, you don't think, what am I going to do about logistical issues? You know, what am I going to do with hiring? what am I going to do with, you know, all of the other hundreds of aspects about launching and building a company?
1: Yeah, I have much more compassion for former bosses or other founders than I ever have. Um, It's, it's hard.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're listening to this episode, I hope you'll go and find seek out the bosses in your lives and tell them that you care about them and <laughs> tell them that it's okay if they're experiencing failure because you're right, Monica, you're right. It gives you a, a perspective. You know, people, it's it's not easy to be the boss. It's really not.
1: It's not. Yeah. Um, and I I keep this journal or I did when I was, you know, had jobs of all the ways I was going to be different than the bosses that I hated. Um And now I can look back and be like, oh, maybe they were just having a bad day.
0: (laughs) I think that's, I mean, I think that's probably a good mindset to have just in life. You know, I try to, you know, a lot of my work is in partnerships and, and biz dev and sales. And that's always something that is top of mind for me is you get off the phone with somebody and you don't know if they just found out that their kid is sick or if they just got laid off or if their, you know, spouse is cheating on them or whatever anything can be happening in somebody's life on any given moment that you engage with them so i think if more people showed up to their lives with compassion to the people who they're dealing with we'd all be better off it's
1: true it is very true it's a great reminder
0: well i so appreciate you sharing this heartache with us um again you're not alone i i really really um commend you for being vulnerable because that's really tough and and it's probably the reason that most people have mental breakdowns because they feel like they can't share their issues with the world and bottling it up will lead to um I don't know brain explosions. So um um I'm glad that you're, you know, you're able to talk about this stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful that, you know, the things that I've learned and the issues that I've come up against can help someone else avoid them in the future and if not avoid them, then at least know that um, they're not the only ones making those mistakes and they'll get through it. <laughs> well,
0: Monica Grony, she is the founder and chief menstruator at Morea. If you're listening to this and you're a menstruator yourself, you should go out and check out the product and see if it's right for you. She is clearly kind and compassionate and transparent and uh, she'll do right by you. Any final thoughts you want to leave for any folks listening in?
1: try not to make the mistakes I made, but Hey, we're all in this together. So, um, thanks for listening and come say hi to us over on Instagram at Maria wellness. Uh, if you jump on our website chat or shoot us an email, you'll most likely hear from me.
0: There you go. If you have a product that has a long enough shelf life and you have the money to afford more product, buy more than you think you need.
1: Yeah, that's probably the best advice I was ever given.
0: (laughs) Right on. Well, I so appreciate you spending some time with us, and I'm glad that you're getting through this, and uh, onward and upward. I I really wish you the best of luck. I'm really excited to watch Maria continue to grow.
1: Cheers. Thanks for having me. Take care.
0: This episode of DTC WTF was brought to you by Uppercase Brands. Uppercase Brands is a technology-backed e-com agency that's offering bold solutions for brands rated at 10x their growth. As a busy founder, your job is to focus on getting your products into the hands of the people who love them. Let Uppercase focus on building your website and acquiring customers. Built by former Facebook and Google employees, Uppercase Brands has deep technical experience and is always focused on what's most important, building sustainable growth engines to increase their clients' revenues. They specialize in custom Shopify development, paid ad management, and conversion optimization. In an effort to give back to the Shopify community, Uppercase is picking one lucky merchant to build a full suite of Facebook and Instagram ads for. Apply by visiting www.UppercaseBrands.com DTCWTF. Again, www.UppercaseBrands.com slash DTCWTF.